Hi, everyone. I'm Kayla. And I'm Helene. And this is High Crime. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for part two of the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. We're joined by Fancy Maselli, who owns the life rights to the Gypsy and Dee Dee Blanchard story, as well as Donda Salvi, who's going to drop some scary truths about Nick Godijan. And I think it's really exciting and you're going to like it. So let's get into it. When do you think, how long do you think you were into the relationship before you kind of realized this really is not what I thought this was going to be? Um, Probably like a month at, to the end. It was like, you know, I knew kind of like this is not right, but I still was like, you know what, like, let me just give him a chance, you know, because I was going to friends and well, that I thought were friends, you know, and they were saying it's just because, you know, he's autistic. And I would say he's not, that's not a reasoning. This is not right. Like, I don't understand how, you know, and I didn't like, he, he told me he wasn't, you know, the way that people explained him to be. He's not like yeah. that. Whoever read an email, you know, that he had written, you would see that he's very articulate. He's calculated and he's well-versed. Um, he's well-versed. He's well-read. Um, he quotes books. He quotes the Bible. I mean, it is, he is very, very, very articulate. It's, it's, it's super, super articulate. Didn't and, you compare you know, him to Manson? Yes. Yeah. yeah he yeah. wants a following like Manson, you know, that's like one of his biggest things. Like, it was always like, so how's the group going? How many people do we have? You know, okay, well, I'm low on money. You need to make a post, ask for money. But I won't, like he wouldn't ask. He would even say like, you know, if, even if you're poor, you can just send me a birthday card. I'm the one who said that I see Manson likes tendencies yeah. mostly. Um, he's, he's, I think he actually said it to Dawn at one point in time that he'd love to have a following like Manson, but I've seen it since the beginning. Like um, when I started seeing that first, the first interview that came out, I don't know if it was, it wasn't the one that he did with the local, local one. It was the 2021. When I saw that and I saw the beard, the way that he speaks, the high volume that he, the way that he, energy that he speaks, the mannerisms that he speaks in, the um, ideologies that he talks about, all these different things that I was seeing, I was like, my God, he reminds me of Manson because I'm a little bit of an expert on Manson, okay? Like, I freaking love Manson. I'm not like, oh my God, I think he's the greatest guy. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is super freaking interesting. Okay, so I told you, I follow true crime and I, I really get into serial killers and all of that and the psychology of it. So psychology for me is a big deal with this and Manson is fascinating because how did this guy convince all these women to do things without ever doing anything himself you know and how is he this energetic like what is his deal he thinks he's a god and and nick refers to himself as an enlightened being he's talked about being a god like all these different things and i saw that like early on thinking man i just see this reference and i started so what i did was i pulled up his interview and i watched it and then i would pause it and i would have side by side a manson interview and i would watch that and i would be like oh my god like how did nobody see this like and then people started saying it and i was like oh thank god other people see this okay and then we got the emails from dawn and i was like oh my God, like this, if this isn't Manson-esque, then I don't know what is. Like this is Manson 2.0. But yet he's, you know, he's got this sadistic weirdo side to him that I don't know if Manson had that or not because I've never seen emails from Manson. But, you know, (laughs) but I just couldn't believe it. Down to the mannerisms, the, it's the same psychopathy as what I'm seeing. Like this person who um, sometimes, you know, he does take care of himself, but other times he doesn't hygienically, you know. 
um, and this like wild erratic behavior while he's speaking and you can see it and even in the, the oxygen special especially god incredibly I thought it was so interesting because I think he tried so hard in that special to come off sympathetic and loving and caring and it's all about my obsession with Gypsy you know and how much I love her and I was just doing it for love but then you know, the guy goes and sinks himself just like he did in the 2020 interview because that 2020 interview, and I'll be honest with you, if in my opinion, that is what got him first degree murder and why he was charged because it clearly, he talked about deliberation with the angel on one side, the devil on the other, and one said, take her and run, and the other one said, that bitch is dead, and he went with, that bitch is dead. I had uh, one of those moments you might only have once in your lifetime. Uh, basically, it was an angel and a devil. Uh, first, the angel spoke, which I wish I was able to listen. He had actually said his very actual words was, take her and run. That's his very words. We had the other part of me, and yeah, had that time devil. What he ended up telling me was, uh, this bitch is dead. That's all it said, this bitch is dead. But basically, once I heard that, uh, uh, some darn reason, I don't know why it inflamed the uh, emotion of rage, but it did, it, it inflamed emotion and rage. So I ended up whispering to Gypsy, get in the bathroom, because I just want to get this over with. Right. So, um, and they played that at his trial. That was what they used for deliberation. Like he didn't help himself. Well, he didn't help himself in this interview either. He said help. that well, but then he goes on to say, you know, this was a, a feeling that I had inside of me for a very long time. And I always wanted to let it out. And the second that I got the chance, I didn't waste any time. And I was like, Oh my God, he actually said that. You know, like, you know, and I'm like, how does anybody not see that? You know, we get we get we get bashed a lot for being non Nick, you know, non Nick sympathetic. And I'm like, it's not that I'm not sympathetic. I understand he's got mental problems, but here's the thing, guys. Whether, no matter what way the cookie crumbles, whether he is a manipulated autistic kid who you know fell in love with this girl and he killed her mom for that reason. Okay, so you're telling me that you want that guy back out on the street where he could be manipulated again. And now that someone knows that they can manipulate him, a really bad person that's worse than, you know, that, that actually is, is really sadistic. Whereas Gypsy was just trying to find a means to an end, you know, or that she had no idea what she was doing. She's not like, yeah, maybe she's manipulative, but not consciously manipulative. Like, so somebody who's really scary and wants to do something could have manipulated him again. Or if he is this really sadistic person with, which we've seen him to be and others have not yet, you know, cause they haven't seen what we've seen. Like he shouldn't be on the street out because of that either. Even if he has mental problems, even if whatever, that does not excuse what he's done. And it doesn't mean you should just be like, Oh, well just let him out because I wouldn't want him near my daughter. I don't want him dating my daughter. I don't want him as my neighbor. He's dangerous. And no matter what mental problems he has, it doesn't change the fact that he's scary or dangerous. Just like Manson, he was scary and dangerous 
dangerous. That guy came up for parole over and over and over again. And they were smart enough to go, nope, still fucking crazy. We're not letting you out. And I feel like, you know, that's the same thing. And he is lucky that Patterson took off the death penalty because I truly think that people could have given him that. And I don't want that for him. Nowhere do I want that for him. But I definitely could see that as being the verdict if he, if Patterson had not taken it off the table. And it definitely speaks to the fact that, yeah, he is not, he should not be out there. And he absolutely has mental issues. Do I think it's DID? Absolutely not. Do I think it's schizophrenia? No. I'm not a trained professional. I can't say yes or no, but he has been evaluated. He's not been found to have any of those things. But definitely he has something wrong with him. But who kills somebody and doesn't have somebody something wrong with them? So that is not a reason to just be like, well, you know, he was in love, so let's just let him out. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. And Dawn, did he talk to you about that vampire personality? Well, I just want to make this all clear. Like, when I had, I was asked to be put in this group of um, the Nick group, um, I was invited in. And, you know, of course, I asked Nick if that was okay. And he was, you know, all for it. So in that group, it was basically they wanted to do, you know, a call in or whatever but nick wanted to do a lie which he would be he would call me and be on the telephone and he wanted to answer a bunch of questions so the one um woman asked basically you know all the members what some of the questions you would want to ask him and one of them was you know is victor still there and you know he said no he's gone well you know speaking with him he he said you know once victor committed that that crime that need he was no longer, you know, he, he actually evolved, you know, and now there is Nikolai. Now, Nikolai is, you know, his evil, his new evil side, which is worse than um, Victor. Um, I experienced him. He's, he's the one that my email has said he got mad at me and he was out. And, you know, one of the reasons why I stopped writing him was because I pissed him off to the point where he said that he wasn't sure if he wasn't, if he was going to kill somebody in the prison because he was that angry. And he was angry at me because I used um, capital letters. He thought I was yelling at him, but I was actually trying to emphasize something that wasn't even like bad or mean, but um, that's well, how little. Turn on a dime. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that was. And, you know, I was scared to death for whoever was in prison with him because he wasn't sure if he was not going to be able to you know, reel him in and not kill somebody. And he said, you know, if we are on the outside and this happened, he's like, what am I going to do? He's like, I'm going to have to fill that need. I'm going to have to kill somebody. So yes, uh, definitely at the end of the day, when people say that, oh, you know, it was only Gypsy is the reason why he would kill somebody. It's absolutely not. He will uh -uh. kill again. And it's going to be for much less. Yeah. And it's going to be on his own terms. You know, and then he's got several others that he's talking about now that he didn't talk about before. And I thought that was, like, that's one of the first experiences I actually had with Don. Like, so I was going into discussion groups because, not because we don't have information. Like, people are like, oh, she just wants to get information from our groups. I have all the information I could possibly need. I do not need to get information from your group. However, what I wanted to find out was like, what are people asking? What do they want to know? Because we wanted to make sure that the questions, you know, that the show that we did answered all the questions everybody still had. Like, because why else do this? You know, like why bother doing it if we're not doing something that's helping and answering more questions? So that was one of the first experiences I had with Dawn. 
And I come in there and she's asking these questions. Like the girls had her asking like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? And I was like, this is what we're spending our time asking a murderer, like what his favorite food is. What is going on here? You know? And I was like, wow. So this exclusive interview with Nicholas is literally asking him if he likes pizza or not, or what's his favorite topic. I'm like, well, this is a waste of my time. And then she got to that question and she was like, so. Um, they're asking if Victor is still there. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. I'm, like, freaking out. I'm typing all my, all my people on the team. I'm like, oh, my God. She's asking. She's asking. You know? And his answer was so flippant that it's, it was just, like, it's shocking. Because he was like, nah, he's gone. That was his answer. No other explanation. Nothing. Just, nah, he's gone. And Dawn was like, oh, okay, yeah, so he's gone, guys. He's not even there anymore. And then she just went on. And I think she was probably as shocked as anybody else was that that was his answer. Like, well, it just yeah, because like, I knew, right, because I knew what the real answer was and what he had told me. But, you know, I wasn't about to go up against him because I would have got blasted. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so that was my first experience with Dawn. I came away. I was like, oh my God, this woman, I can't even believe her. What the heck is she doing? Like, I was freaking out then, you know? And it's so funny. It's like, I got into an argument with somebody in that group, got kicked out. And I went to Dawn and I was like, you're just blocking people now? That's what you're doing? You know, I was so upset because I really wanted to know more about Nick because he doesn't talk to me. He won't talk to me. Um, his father is... Oh, cuckoo choo Like, he asked me the very first day that I messaged him, two days later, I messaged him at the same time I messaged Christy when I said I wanted to do this project. And Christy and Rod were super nice, you know, very kind. And the very first thing oh, that he sorry. asked... and they're gypsies. Parents, dad, yes. Step, yeah. Yes. Her dad and her stepmom. But Bobby is his dad. He doesn't talk... His mom is not involved anymore. She won't talk to anybody, and I don't think she even speaks to him. Um, no, but we went to talk to Bobby, you know, and I think two days in, and he was like, well, I want $100,000 for my story. And I was like, oh my God. excuse me, sir? what you know like I don't even know if I'll make a hundred thousand dollars doing this this thing like are you kidding me like this is not get rich scheme guy like that's not happening and what would I be paying a hundred thousand dollars for like I don't even know if I can trust you to tell me the right story you know like what a, he's a murderer and she and you're you're kind of a little off like literally I've seen your comments I've seen your profile very strange you know he's very am you know anarchist and he's he's conspiracy theorist and you know, I mean, he's just all the typical things. The government is against you. They're putting, stu you know, stuff in your water. I mean, the whole thing. So I'm like, I don't even know what I would ask. So then we go on a little longer, you know, and I come back to him again later because I was like, no way I'm paying $100,000. Peace out. Um, come out, come a little bit later. I come back and I'm like, okay, so we could really pay you something. And what I'd really like to do is for you to be able to, you know, possibly get a better lawyer for your son. And I'd like to send you to see him. And, you know, basically he mocked me for, for that. He didn't want it. So then he starts asking for even more exorbitant. It's like, well, I want $500,000. I was like, uh, no. And then he goes, well, I, now we're at $1 million. And I took, I was just like, funny. I sent him like Dr. Evil, like $1 million back in a gift. You know, I was like, this is absurd. What are you even asking for? You know, and then he's like, well, now you're on my list. I'm like, what is your list? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, great. And, and my team, I'm sending this to my team and the team is like freaking out they're like you're goading him he's gonna come kill you I'm like 
I wish he would. Like, I wish he would try. I'm not freaking Gypsy. I'm not Dee Dee. I wish he would try. I'm a, I'm packing a gun. I, you know, I'm a scary shot. Like, seriously, let him come try. I will stop his butt at the door. But, you know, they're like, you're goading him, you're goading him. And then he sends back like $2 million. And I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, I can't even believe this. Like, Bobby, seriously, I can't take you even serious. How could I even possibly interview you? if this is what you think is appropriate. So no, thank you. You know, and then he just like kept sending me like weird messages and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's it. I'm done. Like it was just so <sighs> craziness, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the list thing, that's so creepy. The list, like what list am I on? What list is this? Am I on the hit list? Is this your, I hate people list. Is this like, I'm releasing a bomb on people list. Like what, what is this list? I don't know. Like, Oh, crazy. It was really weird. I think it's so interesting that it's so clear that there are several comorbid diagnoses or situations and deep trauma, deep, deep delusions happening within both Nick and his father. Right. Do you think that the defense is kind of weaponizing autism and mental illness without considering mm -hmm. that you can be autistic, you could have mental illness, but that doesn't make you a psychopath and that doesn't make you a violent person that okay yeah oh yeah I have so much to say on that because like um people kept saying that like and, and like John said you know that they they told her well he's just like that because he has autistic well okay so I have um my my sister has a autistic son um Tori our co-creator her brother and sister are both autistic her her stepfather is autistic um you know several of us on the team we all have somebody that is autistic my daughter's best friend who is a co-creator she's autistic um you know and it's all different varying levels and so when we started seeing this we I was like that's not a reason that's absolutely not a reason and that really upsets me because it gives the autism community a bad rap so we started reaching out to autistic um, advocacy groups like you know what do you think about this and they had either not heard about it at all so like it didn't hit the autism spectrum of like of like oh my god this poor autistic kid is getting the railroad you know um, and that was one of the things I said from the beginning I'm like if this was really a big thing like he's an autistic kid and are you he shouldn't be tried this way about don't you think the autistic community would have rallied the hell around him they would have been picketing they would have got him a, a fantastic lawyer like they would have taken care of him like but this is not and when we started reaching out to them that is exactly what they were saying is this is demonizing autism we don't want anything to do with this we don't want to be associated this way never is that a reason like yes they can be they can have you know some violent tendencies but it's generally because they don't understand um know how to communicate and it usually is it's generally when they're younger as they learn to communicate bigger better um it gets better sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't but for the most part, it does. And they were just like appalled. They were so upset. And we're actually going to do, so by proxy is like, so yeah, it's a dramatized series. Like we're going to do, you know, with actors and everything. But then also we're going to do like a, um, 
an after show, which is a panel discussion with interviews and things like that. So we're going to have doctors and nurses and psychologists and, um, you know, advocates and different things for all the different platforms that we want to bring um, awareness to. So Munchausen by proxy, reporting laws, prison reform, autism, autism and violence, like all these different things. Um, so that's one of the things that we're asking them to do. So we asked these, these advocates if they would be interested in participating. And they're like, yes, we absolutely are because we want to talk on how this is not an autism thing. He's not a poor manipulated autism boy. He just chose to kill somebody. You know, that's it. And, and his autism does not have anything to do with him deciding to kill somebody. That is not, and that's not a sign of autism. You know, like we're no, and we even looked for case files to see if how many different things there were of, of something that would be similar. And we found almost nothing. I think, I think Amanda found a couple of things, like two or three cases that involved an autistic person and a murder or something in Britain, but nowhere else, like nothing. And so they were very upset, extremely, extremely upset that they're being linked to this, that his father is pushing it as if it's an autism thing. And you know, Bobby, it's so funny because here he is pushing autism awareness. And yet on the same other hand, he doesn't believe in mental health and he doesn't believe in medication. And he doesn't, none of those things. In fact, they told Dawn, like, she couldn't take a medication for anything if he was going to be with Nick. Well, and I think especially now when you have all the anti-vaxxers, you know, who are Uh saying, like, you you shouldn't get vaccinated because your kid's going to get autism and it's better for your baby to die of a curable illness than to risk them getting autism. And then it's like, well, of course, if the message we're putting out is, autistic people can't function and they're all murderers. Like, that's just not true, you know? Right. And I, and see, uh, the fact that you brought up the anti-vax thing kills me because, like, I've, I've gone toe-to-toe with anti-vaxxers a million times, and my stance is, is, like, I would rather have an autistic child that's alive and that I can interact with and have a good day with. Like, I love my nephew. He's amazing. You know, I love my daughter's best friend. I'd never, ever possibly change who they are. Like, I don't care that they're autistic. It's, it's an actual... And they're really neat people than a dead child. Like, literally, I'm like, I don't understand your concept here. I don't know why that is a thought process. Like, okay, yeah, sure. I better have my kids be a dead to measles than autistic child. Are you basically saying that autistic children are bad? Like, what are you saying there? And it's all the so, ignorance. Yes. Oh, such That's ignorance. Shame. Yes. Definitely. Don't get me started on an anti-vaxxers. This will be another three-hour conversation. <laughs> Holy cannoli. It's one of the only big things that I talk about. Like, I don't get political on my page. I don't talk about a lot of things. Now, by Foxy, we talk about different platforms and stuff, obviously. But I try to stick away from all of that, especially as, you know, in the entertainment community, sometimes, you know, people think that they, because they are... You know, and I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. Goodness gracious, don't think that. But a lot of celebrities think they have this right to talk out about things because they're celebrities. And most of the time, they are the most uninformed people I've ever met in my life. Like, what are you even talking about right now? Why don't you just go make another movie, please? You know, like, you don't, you're not informed. Stop talking. Stop talking. You're ruining your image right now. So I don't try to talk out about a lot of things because I would never want somebody to say that. But anti-vaxxing? Anti-vaxxing? Oh no, I I can talk about it all day. So <laughs> now one one other question I did well one of many but um, <laughs> about Nick is now I know there was that like McDonald's thing, but does he have any other offenses before the gypsy thing? Um, Not so what 
I spoke with him. You know, we did touch on the McDonald's thing. Um, but there was, you know, he didn't tell me specifically that there was no other offenses, you know, that I we know did, of. We didn't find any in a background check either. I do know that he had some incidences at, like, you know, school and stuff like that. His mom talks about it. But she, she swears that he wouldn't hurt a fly, you know, like, well obviously he did <laughs> you know and I had somebody say that to me too like in a petition that they were trying to get Nick out in like I saw this person post that he has you know just DID and but none of his alters are dangerous I'm like well at least one of them is like he killed a person like yes they are dangerous like why would you even say that you know and he doesn't have DID and he doesn't have yeah. schizophrenia and, he, and I was like oh my god why would you say that? That's the most ridiculous thing to say. He killed a person. So obviously dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's pretty much exactly what dangerous. <laughs> right. Using these altars as, I feel like almost that he made these altars up for, you know, like a reinsurance of his self. If I kill somebody, I have this, you know, these are the reasons, these are the feelings. So I'm going to give them names, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. he has, you know, and I honestly, he, he's a sexual sadist, you know, I've even spoken, like, he has an altar named Torin, which, you know, basically is this sexual sadist that, like, you know, only gets off on raping. And, you know, a lot of people were, you know, saying things about Gypsy with that whole thing, you know, after the murder, you know, that he said that he, you know, that she had to get raped by him. And it's like, I, I totally understand now where that's coming from because of Torin. You know what I mean? Is the sexual status that he made up in his, I guess, his head, you know, to say, like, this is who I am. But I really think that if he was to let out and he didn't get that kind of gratification, like in one of the emails, he told me that the more I would fight back, the better it would be for him and myself. It would tire him out sexually so I wouldn't continuously to get raped. Like, basically, if I played a good rapist, then I would be more likely not to get raped later on in the day. <laughs> and then, like, Dr. Phil talked about the, the altars and how he creates them. And his and so in the killer thorn of, of Gypsy Rose, um, he talked about the fact that what he's doing is creating this, like, buffer so that when, if, if he were to be rejected, so, like, if Gypsy had said, oh, my God, you know, you're really good. He's like, oh, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. It's Victor. He's like that. That's how Victor is. Not me. Not me. You know, and so that's kind of what he's doing is using it as a buffer to take rejection, you know, so that right. he can put it off on somebody else if something is rejected or if, um, if somebody calls him out on something, you know, I don't like this behavior. Well, it's not me. Sorry. Not me. Can't do anything about it. Not me. You know, like, um, and he also thinks that, um, you know, he had an experience in prison that, you know, is with, you know, God that made him this innate being like he's enlightened. So like when we would talk on the phone, he would say, like, I can feel your energy through your voice and I know something's wrong. And like there would be nothing wrong. And he would find you know, something like I would say, oh, you know, the door handle fell off today. And he's like, oh, that's what that's what it was. That's the yeah. thing that I felt in your voice. And he really thinks he's like psychic, you know. Right. Well, he like, did that with Gypsy, too, Don. I mean, well, he, yeah. Gypsy, and he I knew that she could walk. <laughs> I really Right. And I really want to say this is he everything that was said to Gypsy 
I'm finding out was said to me. Everything, like when I watched The Oxygen, I was like typing fancy. Like I was literally like crying. Like how dare he? Like he said the same exact thing to her that he said to me. Like, you know, I thought that at that time was special and how like I felt so dumb and I felt so, you know, low. And like, I just, I just was like, oh my God, I can't believe I believe this. Yeah. yeah. Talk about an act, you know? <laughs> Exactly. And here he, here he is on oxygen saying, I've never had anything like that with Gypsy with anyone else. Well, by based on your emails back and forth to Dawn, you call her, you know, your twin flame. You're this, that, you're blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, you did. Obviously, you, you, you pretended you did, you know, or that's, that's just a shtick. Like, that's what, he, what he, he says, you know. And that was hurtful to her. I remember her calling. Yeah, she was, like, calling me. She's crying. And I said, okay, but you have to remember, this guy does not have emotions. He is a sociopath, okay? He is a sociopath. He does not have real emotions. So when people are like, oh, he loves Gypsy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't feel love. He does not have that emotion. He has obsession. He has sexual gratification. He has all of those different things, the, the need to be revered. He's narcissistic, all of those. But does he feel love? Like, is he compassionate and loving? No, no. Well, and then it makes you think, like, how many people do you think he could have been doing this to? There have been other, there's other girls. There's other girls that have come forward. Yeah, and I, you know, for myself, and that's why I reached out to Gypsy for myself because, you know, I was, I felt so lost in this, you know, even having, you know, the team, I just wanted to speak to somebody that knew what I was going through. I wanted to speak to them just so, you know, maybe you know that they want to do something too that we can you know all unite together and go going forward help these women that are in the same situation with other men you know and i just uh, and i just know so many women that have been put through you know this emotional turmoil with men you know yeah it also speaks to like it doesn't matter how smart beautiful talented whatever, or strong and independent, we're all vulnerable to these types of people and that Mm -hmm. it doesn't make us any less beautiful, smart, intelligent, strong. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and, 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 it, and you shouldn't feel bad that you end up in a relationship like this. Like that was one of the things that Dawn was saying to me. And she's like, I just feel so stupid. And I'm like, okay, you feel stupid. Why? You had, you've had, you know, you had a really bad past. Um, so you didn't have good relationship skills. You know, you know that this is something that is hard for you. And I'm like, and he was really kind at first. And he was, you know, he seemed caring. He does have the ability to to pretend to be it's obviously a ruse because he does it with each girl the same way you know and so why would you feel stupid because he's really good at what he does super good at it Dawn you know and I was just like you can't judge yourself by the fact that this guy is basically you know a con and he does really good at it until he doesn't like just like I said the oxygen channel he was doing really good really good really good and then he got full of himself and he gets a little bit more a bigger head and oh they're talking to me and she's really listening to me and this woman is because it was a woman interviewer you know Mm -hmm. I think if we had had a man interview him like it would have been a totally different story oh yeah um, I think it would have been come it would have come out totally different. But um, 
I think he got full of himself. And as soon as he got full of himself, he starts talking. And it's like, it's like an evil, you know, character that's monologuing. Like you get a monologuing and they're like, ah, you know, yes, like in a movie. Exactly. And that's it's him. Funny. And it, it's, funny. it's him. The same thing. Like they, yeah. they get too cocky and that's when they mess up. And they, because they, uh, these kind of people are so good at putting up this veneer. Yeah of yeah. and then but the thing right. is it's a veneer so eventually if they're not paying attention it's gonna fall right right exactly and the, the one thing that i wanted to say too is like you know for nick that i've noticed is like he will fixate and you know i even through talking to a psychiatrist you know and that's what it has come down to like for me to make myself understand was you know, it wasn't love. He, he, you know, he has an affixation and it was mm -hmm. on me at the time. And at the end of the day, like even like, like all the freedom fighters that are for Nick that are still fighting for him. You know, my last email from him was, I love you very much, which, you know, now I know was not, is not true, but he said, I love you very much. And, you know, these people are fighting for him, but still, he was still emailing me, but telling them that, you know, he no longer spoke with me, that we were never together, blah, 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 blah. But, right. you know, just to try yeah. to get me back. Like, oh, you know, even if you're working with by proxy, like, I do love you. Just come back to me and we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, and then I've tried to talk to them and they are just such a interesting group of people to say the least you know they've bullied dawn they've bullied us they've it's just it's kind of a crazy thing but then and the and the other thing i try to look at what they're doing and i'm like okay guys i think you have a really great I like like you're trying to do something great help people that have these problems that you think that he has and and stand on a platform for him and everything and that's admirable like okay but you have picked the wrong poster child Mm -hmm. And then a lot of you are just not really great people to begin with, like, you know, but on top and, and you know, there has to be a person who sticks beside somebody like this, who's, who uh, clearly, you know, clearly is, is doing this. Like Dawn realized it and went, oh no, I'm out of here. Like, I can't do this. This is, I can't do this, you know, but somebody who's just like, oh, yep, I've been shown the light and I don't care, you know? So it's kind of sad because I feel like what they're trying to do is, admirable but they've picked this wrong this absolutely the wrong person and it's terrible because i think he he does that he does snow them into a point where they're all almost brainwashed again another manson like thing you know like oh, yeah. this brainwashing and this type of way and like you said the same thing with bundy he gets he got talking and then he got cocky and then things came out you know but like they think that they're so much more intelligent than everyone else but they're their own worst enemy because they begin to you know eventually they get so excited about what they're talking about that's when he said that you know like oh well I was thinking of doing this for a long time and as soon as I got a chance I freaking just didn't waste any time okay well that happened you know like <laughs> um well that happened well, that great against I, your entire story. story but hey okay and then I'm thinking to myself and then there's these people still going but he's a really great guy and I'm like no he's not <laughs> so well, anyway, we're saying that even um, well, here's another thing with the act, they really didn't work with the actual people. No, not right. at all. No, not at all. And so Callum, 
Callum right. only has, you know, like he has what they gave him. He has what he's been portrayed in the media as like in the past until this oxygen thing came out. And if he didn't, and if he didn't understand what he was looking at, at the 2020 thing, like I can understand, you know, if all you're being told is he's this autistic guy and he's very misunderstood and he's really slow and da, 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 then yeah, I can understand. And I thought Callum did a great job of portraying a really like, you know, um, a really low, kind, not a high functioning, but maybe like a mid functioning autistic guy, you know, like I thought he did a good job. Um, just like I felt like Joey did an amazing job of what she had to portray Gypsy. But was it an accurate portrayal? No, absolutely not. But so yeah, I, I reached out to Callum. We've sent, Christy sent him a message. I've sent him a message like, hey, you know what? I know that you're proud of what you did and that is great. Um, but going forwards talking about how he's a misunderstood guy and his sentence is unfair maybe maybe don't do that <laughs> just, just maybe maybe it's not going to be a good look for you because at some point in time all this is going to come out and not a good look for you you know like yeah like and, and and i feel bad for the kid because i understand that he's just going off of what he has but man what he doesn't have is whoa it's going to scare people, like shock people. Yeah, well, and that's what happens when you don't work with, you know, like that's yeah. why you went through the process of, you mm -hmm. know, getting the rights because you want to yeah. present the full story. Right. And that's like, I've been asked that, like, how is your story different than anyone else's? And I'm like, well, because not only, you know, is it a, a more truthful telling, like, and, and people are like, oh, well, you're just taking Gypsy's story. Oh, God, no. Like, literally, I am not taking Gypsy's word for a darn thing. Like, there is nothing that I go, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Thanks, Gypsy, and write it down. Like, no, I literally have gone, that's why I, ha that's why I brought on 25 people as a research team. That's why I have a medical research team. That's why I have psychologists working with us and investigators, private investigators, like all of those things to verify what everything is being said. Like when I did this, I did not want for any reason for anything to come out and be like not accurate. And for me, like I feel, I feel like true crime gets sensationalized so much these days. And so one of the things I wanted to do was go back and take this more humanistic approach to true crime and show that it's not one second in time. It's not about just a murder. It's not about one thing. It's about so many things that lead you down this path to what happened, especially in this case. Like, like I said earlier, this case isn't just starting with Dee Dee and Gypsy. Like, oh, okay, Dee Dee just woke up one day and decided, you know what, I think it'd be really cool if I just made my daughter have leukemia. Like, that's not, that's not how this happened. Like, Dee Dee is a sociopath of her own. She had sociopathic tendencies, and that's where Munchausen by proxy actually falls under, is like the sociopathic thing. And Dr. Phil talks about it not being its own disease, but more of like a really crazy form of child abuse and sociopathic tendencies. And that is definitely it, because... If you talk with the people I've talked with, so I've talked with Dee Dee's high school friends, and we've talked with, um, you know, her family, her siblings, her dad, her stepmother before she passed, all those people to get this clear picture of how did we actually get here? Like, you know, and so that's how by proxy is going to be so different is because we're showing how this actually happened, not that it did, you know, so they, most of the shows have focused on the murder 
and kind of a little bit about anything else, but nobody's touched on the medical abuse to the extent, like, you know, the, the act just glossed the hell over it. Like, I don't even know why they to chose a sugar allergy as their big thing, because it doesn't even exist. That doesn't even exist. Like, you couldn't pick a medical thing that existed. I don't understand that at all. Like, that's a weird choice. And then beyond that, like, I want to show, um, one of the things that Gypsy had said to me when, you know, she, we were talking about her mom being the focus of this and, and she's gone back and forth on, you know, wanting to do the show, not wanting to do the show. And, you know, she obviously signed the, the, the contract and everything. So she knows that that's, it's not going to happen. You know, she can't just back out or anything like that. People have put time and effort and money into this and lots of time. Like I've spent two and a half years on it myself. And then the team has spent months and months doing stuff, you know, but like, and it's obviously a bigger picture than just her too. But there's been times where she was just like, I just want it all to stop. And I'm like, Gypsy, it's not going to stop, honey. It's not, what we're doing isn't going to stop. It's not going to stop anyone else from doing anything. Trust me, it's not. Like, look, oxygen just did a thing and you had no choice in that matter, right? That's going to keep happening. But what I, what she asked me was, is, well, I noticed you said you're going to start, you wanted to focus more on my mom in your last thing that you guys sent me. And so I just want to make sure you remember that my mom was a human. Like, and she was very complex and she, I loved my mom and, you know, but I don't want you to make her out to be this horrible villain and this monster. And I said, well, honey, no, that's the whole thing we're trying to do is bring this humanistic approach to it and let people understand that every single person inside of this is human. And, you know, that's what happened. And this is how this happened. And not just a, oh, it's an over sensationalized, sexualized kind of thing, you know, that was a deeper thing. And we wanted to bring awareness to different platforms. It wasn't just about putting on a good entertaining show. We want to show prison reform and Munchausen by proxy and reporting laws and all those different things that come into this. That's how our platform is so different. And then when we happened to get Dawn, you know, I had talked about, well, Nick was going to be a really small part of this because, you know, in all actuality, he himself inside of the gypsy DD part of this is very small. Like he's not a big character, really. He is the weapon, but he's not, there's nothing else backwards. You know, like if you go back, he doesn't have like this extreme past or he didn't have like a huge criminal record like you guys are talking about, you know, none of those things. There wasn't a whole lot to do on him. So, you know, until we saw what was going forward from this and this pattern that he made. So second season is like going to be all about Dawn and his relationship and how and a lot on Dawn and how she fell in love with this guy. So how does a woman fall in love with this murderer, you know? And what does she do to get herself out of this situation? So that was a lot of how our platform is going to be so different than anything you guys have seen anywhere else. I think that's amazing <laughs> because with true crime and being fascinated by true crime, which we are and listeners and you are as well, the murder mm -hmm. is the least interesting part of the whole story. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's, all the buildup. And I think that's what's mm -hmm. amazing about what you're doing because yeah. what is fascinating about true crime is, is that it touches upon so many societal problems and you get yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why, I mean, that's why we love the show. And of course this is not a true show, but like one of the reasons we love mm -hmm. watching Criminal Minds because the mm -hmm. point of that mm -hmm. is the profiling, is the why mm -hmm. did they do this? What happened in their background? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. always the part I love. I love on podcasts when they go into that because yeah. this stuff doesn't just happen. Right. Right. And that's one of the things with Dee Dee, like people don't understand. She had 
sociopathic tendencies all the way through. Like if you talk to her friend, um, Titania, who's our head of research and for medical side, you know, she was vicious to her as a best friend. She did lots of things to her. If you, when I went down and I talked to the Petrie family, you know, one of the first things we did was ask, like, how do you feel about all this? And they're like, well, you know, we miss our sister. And I said, oh, really? Okay, you miss your sister. Well, what do you miss? And they all just blankly stared at me and Aria, um, which is the one of the other co-creators. And, and we both looked at each other and we're like, okay. Um, and then I said, okay, well, can you tell me some good stories, like some good memories? What do you miss? And they just looked at us and went, no. And I'm like, Wait, what do you mean? You don't have good stories? They're like, no. I'm like, no good stories? No. I mean, and then they, I mean, they could tell me other stories. Like, you know, she was, you know, she always wanted to get us in trouble and she did da da da, da and she got in trouble with check fraud and she was always up under mama and da, da 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 like all these things. But literally they were remiss to come up with even one thing, one thing that they loved or missed about their sister other than the fact that she was their sister. So obviously... You know, and the, one of the things I said about this and the humanistic approach to her when I was telling Gypsy, I said, honey, I don't think that her mom was just some monster who, you know, abused you. I think that if your mother had, you know, if people had known about what she was like as a child, like if her family or a doctor or whatever was keyed into these very clear, very clear sociopathic tendencies and had given her tools and things to use to do better. Like not all sociopaths are murderers. Like a yep. lot of them are very successful. There a lot of them are CEOs yep. and run major multi-million dollar companies because they don't let emotions get in the way of things. But the difference is, is the nurture in what you know, nurture versus like you know everything else. Like and yep. what they you know, what they were taught to do. Like if somebody had taught your mom to, you know, instead of always manipulating everybody and getting her way and things, if they had, if they had tuned into that and not done that and not fostered that and not done all these different things and helped her be a more productive person, instead of feeling like everything was entitled to her, like she had this great entitlement to everything, then maybe we wouldn't be here talking today. But because no one saw those things, that's a problem. And that's one of the things that we want to bring light to because it was so missed. And it so often is, you know, like there isn't, like I said, people don't just wake up one morning and decide to kill people. That doesn't happen. Like there is really things that you could have seen all along that were signs of some sort. You knew what to look for. If you knew what you were looking for, just like a person doesn't decide decide in a, in a split second to commit suicide. There are signs. It's interesting because everything that we've been you know, talking about the last few minutes about DD and about how we should look at things like Munchausen by proxy, it's also making me think about um, the latest HBO documentary that was about <gasps> Michelle Carter? Mm -hmm. Conrad, Conrad Roy. Conrad Roy and Roy, yeah. Michelle Carter. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. And because, you know, when you when I first heard about it, I was like, well, that's a terrible thing that she did. I don't know that it's illegal. And then you watch the documentary and it I mean, it, it really is like it, it, it was like shocking in by proxy because she, it is, it she, is. She, she saw, you know, I'm not getting attention that I want. If right. I say this bad thing happened to my boyfriend, I get attention. And mm -hmm. then she's like, well, I don't know if I want to mm -hmm. kill myself. And all of a sudden she's like, well, if he doesn't kill himself, I'm not going to get that sympathy. 
Right. And I actually talked with um, one of our writers and I was like, I want to do that as our third season. Like, that's a really great story. Like, because what we're trying to do with by proxy is not just, I am not fascinated by the guy who kills his wife because he's jealous or, you know, and he, I, that doesn't interest me. Like literally not at all. Um, <laughs> it's more this, this like bigger social aspect or this bigger psychological look at things. And, and so, you know, Don and I've touched on this a little bit. We have been, through the ringer with these Facebook groups and how vicious they are to us, to Gypsy, to Christy, to Dawn, to everybody. I mean, it's just, a, it's insane. It's, it's totally bullying and harassment and just outrageous amounts of it. And as an adult, you know, like people just look at me when I try to say that and they're like, but it's just Facebook. And I'm like, okay, it's not just Facebook. And I literally had to look at my husband the other day and I said, look, if somebody bashes you and talks about you and berates you and her and does all these different things to you on a daily basis, even as an adult, even as a strong ass bitch of a woman that I am, okay, I'm a badass, okay, I still have feelings and I still get upset and there are days where I just need you to tell me I don't need you to fix it I don't need you to like like you know talk me through it I just need you to tell me oh my god honey that really fucking sucks yeah I'm so sorry yes. this is happening to you and validate the fact that it is real yes. that I am being treated this way and I had I was trying to tell this to someone who was, you know, having an argument with me and she was like, well, you know, if you're so worried about Facebook, then why don't you just worry about writing your series and get off Facebook? And it's just Facebook. It's trivial and petty. And I said, first of all, social media is part of what we're doing, you know, to get the word out there. That's how people get the word out these days. And second of all, it's not trivial and petty and she's like well I think everything on that's that's like this on Facebook is trivial and petty and I said to her well I think Conrad Roy's parents would maybe have something different to say to you well yeah and just even like I was I was bullied I mean I when I was in elementary school I changed school mm -hmm. in seventh yep. grade I pulled my daughter out and homeschooled her because of it yeah, I went to a small Catholic school. There were only, like, in my specific grade, there were, like, maybe six girls other than me. And mm -hmm. they would do these targeted, you know, messages mm -hmm. where they would take mm -hmm. her. And they would, and it was just the fact that it was on the internet, like, to say it's trivial blows my mind because it's not. This is something that, you know, the way it used to be, even, even when I was a kid, at least, it was like there was, like, the family computer and you'd go on the computer and you log off and then you're done. Nowadays, mm -hmm. it's on your phone. Mm. It's everywhere. Not, it's everywhere. Everything. Every moment. Every day. Yes, with if you. someone is cyberbullying you, they are with you in every facet. Every facet of your life. Yep, exactly. Say, and to say, like, get off social media. A lot of people. That's part of their career. Like, I can't delete my social media. I can't either. I can't either. I can't either. There's no way I can. And I have a public and I have a public page because why? Because I'm a public figure about several different things. So not just this, other things. And that was the same thing. I'm like, honey, I run my businesses on Facebook. You cannot tell me just to get off Facebook. My my whole thing is on Facebook. Like it was very trivializing what she was saying. And I said, and but the thing is, if I've even talked to my very good friend and he was like can't you just block and ignore them? I'm like, no. She creates new profiles. She freaking follows us. She she sends people into our group to harass us. It's not just that. 
And we've even called, you know, we've, we've tried to talk to authorities about it because like, and they just don't take us seriously. Cyberbullying is not taken seriously at all. And here's a story, like my oldest daughter. Okay. So she had a Facebook account. She was 17, you know, it's her senior year of high school and she had chosen to not go back to school for her senior year. Um, She wanted to just be homeschooled and be done because she had had a lot of different problems and, and things. And so when I, and I was very active mom in like checking her Facebook, looking at things, making sure I knew who she was talking to because that's just the type of mom I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I checked into her Facebook one day and there was a message from this girl and she was like basically cussing my daughter out and saying, you better stop what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And I messaged her back and I was like, excuse me, this is her mom. What the hell are you talking about? Right. And so she went on to tell me about this Twitter account that was created, honestly, by my daughter's best friend which is really crazy, like, because she was upset that Sarah was, you know, getting to stay home and do different things. And people were actually asking her to come to parties and stuff. So she was jealous because she was a, Sarah's a very tiny, pretty little girl. So she was very jealous of Sarah. And so basically she waited, Sarah logged into something on her phone one day. She took that login then created a new account and was literally messaging and bot bullying everybody in the school. And then what they, what she did was tell everybody that was, it was Sarah. So I had proof that it wasn't Sarah because I had, you know, what time did she log in? Well, she's sitting, she was asleep at this time. She was sitting next to me at this time. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is not Sarah. Not to mention it's not how Sarah speaks at all. Cause she was using, you know, you know, the N word and different things and like all these other stuff to make all these people mad at her. And then what she had planned was to invite Sarah that night, that actual night that I was watching, you know, that I looked at this message, she had invited Sarah to this football game. And the plan was for all these people to literally jump my daughter. My daughter is less than five foot and tall. She is less than a hundred pounds. Like she's teeny. If anyone had even remotely touched her, I don't think my daughter would be here today. And if it had not been for me being a concerned mom and lining that out and going and being like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I went and confronted the parents, you know, of two of the girls. It was only two girls it could have been. And I'm like, I went. And the one girl was like, you know what? I really think it's this other girl. And she showed me a message where the girl had admitted to like, oh my God, I just logged into this Twitter account by accident. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, honey, that doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> that's not how Twitter works. Don't be stupid. Right? You know, if you're going to lie, at least lie well. You know, so, and that was all that, but that was all done through social media too. And like, I'm like, and you're not taking, they're not taking it serious. No, it's, it's not- so serious. I mean, as, as we just said, it can be deadly serious. And I, I think it absolutely is. Like I literally, when this was going on with the whole, um, when I was with Nick, like I literally was hospitalized because it was every single day, all day. And it was like a nonstop thing. And it was it was like a, and it was like a Facebook group. It wasn't even just one or two. Right. It, it's like, you know, 20 of them that are together with this woman and it is a nonstop thing. And she feels like she should be able to speak about me because I am involved with this case since I'm, you know, I was with Nick, which, you know, I just before coming on here, you know, we were going to do a live and I told Fancy there was this lady that I had to say like, you, I wait, like, I don't understand how you can wake up every morning with so much hate in your heart mm-hmm. to want to mm-hmm. go to a Facebook 
and sit there and look up people and totally try to destroy their lives and to make them feel bad or try to commit suicide. I said, it's very, very disheartening. And you know? I told and I and I've, Yeah, and I've said that to Dawn. I said, I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Like, they're literally trying to make us commit suicide. Like, how crazy is that? I, I, all I'm doing is making a TV show, lady. Like, are you serious? Like, how much can you possibly hate a person just that you've never even met? Like, what is wrong with you? And then the thing is, is like everything that she's doing, she turns around and tries to say, we're doing it, but then there's no proof we're doing it. But everybody just believes her. And I'm like, how does that even happen? That's a mob mentality of people just believing this, you know? I think is terrifying. And it's crazy. Like, I'm like, this is nuts. Like they, they, last night, okay, literally last night, we made an announcement that Dawn was going to go ahead and do a live tonight. They constantly, constantly report her her profile for no reason. We have no idea why they report it. We don't know what they're even saying. That, but she had this profile for since what 2007, Dawn? You said yes, 2000. Okay, so two, 2007. She's had it since 2007. And we wake up. We we literally hung up our phone. The three of us were talking, me and Tori and her, about what we were going to do on the live and everything. We hung up on the Facebook call. And Dawn was gone, literally removed from freaking Facebook completely. And I, so I'm calling her. I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you all right? What's going on? She's like half asleep at this point because it'd been like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. You know, she's laying down. And it was very late because we have our conversations at three o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> um, because we're all insomniacs and my, and my co-creator, she, she delivers papers. So in the middle of the night while she's driving, delivering papers, we all talk, um, so we get off and I'm like, I'm sending her message after message because I'm like, did somebody say something to her after we got off? Did somebody hurt her feelings? Did somebody do something? Did she delete her freaking account? No, comes to find out that's what they did. They found out that she was going to go live in our group and basically shut her freaking profile down so that they, they just kept reporting and reporting and reporting so that yes, tomorrow, today, we can't do the live because they thought that that was going to silence her. And I'm like, nope, not silencing her. Guess what we have? We have a new profile for one and two, we're doing a podcast. You can't silence that. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, not mission, not accomplished. But I mean, it's on and on. And that's another part of this. And the social media aspect of this has been huge in this case. That is another thing that we want to talk about and how that has absolutely changed how true crime is, is, is looked at, perceived, reported on. I mean, it was huge. They villainize people so quickly and you know, these groups are just such, they're like conspiracy theorists and it's just insanity of the amount. And I've, and I had never seen this before this case. Like I just had not seen it to this level. And I don't think I've seen it in any other boards that I'm in, but this case people are absolutely obsessed with yeah. and it's insane amounts of obsession. Well, I think it's because like you've said, because typically like the more you research, you kind of get burnt out because you're like, oh, we, we, you know, we know everything, but the right. more you look into it every time, the more you learn. Yeah. Yeah. And this right. case is one of those cases that the rabbit hole is, is uh, never ending, never, never ending on this case. Like not at all. And every time, and it's so funny, like Tori and I talk and I tell that before Dawn used to come on with us, Tori and I would talk and every day I would say, okay, well, we've seen the weirdest thing possible in this case. Like there can't be anything else weird. And then the next morning we would wake up and I'd call her and be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, like, what is this now? You know, or we would be looking through the medical documents and 
before where we think, okay, well, that's the cre craziest thing I've seen in the medical documents. Oh, no, flip the page. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, like, and, and it's just, that's, that's just this case. And then, you know, when that happens, when there's something so completely unimaginable, ununderstandable, like, you can't understand this case. Like, no matter what way you look at it, it doesn't make any sense. There's too many holes. There's too many things that are like, what the hell are you talking about? I can't believe that happened. It's unbelievable. So, you know, when you get that, then that's where that begets that whole thing of like, that, like you said, an obsession, you know, and they're, they want to know everything. And it's, it's just on and on and on and on. And I think that they get so obsessed with it because they just can't, they can't fathom. They cannot, oh, yeah. it, it, it's unfathomable. Even me who sat with it, I, I went out and hired people because I sat with it for two and a half years and went, I can't do this by myself. I can't look at these things and understand what I'm looking at. Like I would look at medical documents and just, my, my mind would go blank and I would call Tori and I'd be like, did you look at page 52 or da 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 da? And she's like, oh my God, yeah, I saw that three days ago. I didn't even want to say anything to you because it was so upsetting. Like, you know, like, and, and just crazy, like, every day going through these files, it just, you, and if you go back, you look at them again, you're like, did I miss that? Holy crap, how did I miss that? You know, so I literally had to have the girls go through, like, the nurses that work with us, and they're amazing, all of them. I could not do this without the nursing team, like, unbelievably great you know I was like okay so we have to break this down like for kindergartners guys okay like <laughs> so we can't make just one spreadsheet for this and t detail all the different things like in the medical documents like I need you to break it down like okay so this is every drug she took year by year and then this is every doctor that prescribed this is another sheet you know, like a whole other thing it's like these are the doctors that prescribed these drugs and then like what medical issues did she have every year what did she put you know what what did she tell the oncologist? What did she tell the, like literally 95 different spreadsheets because, and we had, we have so much information. We currently have four Google drives because we can't put enough in one Google drive. Oh my God. That's, and, and every, and every week I'm like, shit, we're running out of space in this drive. We're gonna have to make another email and make another drive because I don't want to pay for another freaking drive. I can't afford another drive. Yeah. You know, like seriously like it's that much information and so yeah that begets these these people who just get obsessed in super super unhealthy ways even for them like don was saying what makes you get up every day and do this like i know why i'm involved in this case you know i have a true crime obsession i also but i'm also at the end of the day i'm making a tv series and hopefully you know there will be good that comes from that TV series, not only the platforms, but also it's a career for me. You know, like this is something I want to do with my life. Like, what are you doing with your life on Facebook every day on a case that has nothing to do with you? <laughs> no, and that, I mean, and that's the thing. And that's something uh, I've always worked in, in the entertainment industry in the sense that I cover a lot of, you know, celebrities and, and, mm -hmm. and TV. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've always noticed is I've always had coworkers who, you know, read the comments and get hung up on stuff. And I just, I just know not to let myself do that. But I did, I have seen, especially working places like Daily Mail, there are people who hate certain celebrities and they would literally mm -hmm. sit on the Daily Mail website and we'd put up a story and they'd comment like how awful the person is. Like I remember one time mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez and it was something about her new show. And this guy was like, <laughs> 
she's a terrible actor and a singer. She's the worst. Why would anyone like her? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, someone comments and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I really liked, you know, this movie or this song. And he's like, no, it's terrible. And he's like, well, respond to everyone. And I'm like, get a life. Like, seriously, I said that, like, am I that interesting? I'm just a woman. I, I'm not a celebrity. You know, I'm just covering this case, and this is what I want to do, you know, and I'm late in life to the industry because I left the industry as a 20-year-old something to have my children. I left for 20 years to raise them, you know. Now I'm coming back, and this is what I wanted to do with my life. Like, you know, and, and so I'm like, am I that freaking interesting to you? That every day you want to talk about me for 40 minutes of your of this live that you're doing? Like, why? Why? What if I, what, how am I so interesting? And I haven't talked to this woman in, in months and months and months and months and months. Like, I had literally our entire conversation was four entries. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and I'm not interested? Okay. Fine. That's fine. So one thing that I've seen a lot of people, like, posting, uh, you know, whenever the conversation comes up in, like, true crime forums, um, mm-hmm. what do you think about Dee Dee and the role she played in her mother's death? Okay, so the way that's been explained to me, and I got this from the family, I actually sat down and asked that. So basically her mother was very sick and, she, and Dee Dee was the caregiver. So I think this is a Munchausen by proxy kind of prequel. You know, like it can be, it doesn't always have to be a child, it can be an adult. So it was a caregiver situation where Dee Dee was the one at home taking care of her. She's the one with medical knowledge, you know, so she took care of her mom. And I guess mom had been getting pretty sick. And so they, it wasn't like she was, you know, in good health and was going to last much longer. Um, and I guess they all went to the store, left Dee, Dee at home with her. Mom was alive. They tried to say that she needed to be woke up at a certain point in time. And then um, by the time they got back, her mom, the mom had passed away. And it was something about like drowning in her own juices. And so like Dee, Dee had not gotten her up you know and and that there was possibly a rag over the face I mean it was very convoluted like the story I got but I do think that she was abusive to her mom I don't think that she was taking good care of her mother they said that you know like they think she was starving her and doing all these different things so I definitely think it was the beginnings of this Munchausen syndrome like that's where it really started was in there Um, and that comes a lot from you know Dee Dee was also her mother always said she was sick as a child um, but it wasn't in the same way like it wasn't abusive it was actually favoritism towards Dee Dee so Dee Dee got like extra things and she you know they had this whole thing where Dee Dee only ate potatoes at one point in time and you know and that's all she wanted and that so that was all Dee Dee had to eat she didn't have to eat anything like the rest of them and she got parties and cars and things that no one else got mm-hmm. so she got lots of attention that nobody else in the family got and so I think that was part of what that was and then as far as the involvement in Miss Laura's death or not death I'm sorry in Miss Laura with the fact that um, they thought she was poisoning her with rat poison I mean that basically came through that she was the one kicking all the meals you know and she they, they, they gypsy made a comment to her grandfather of like oh that's what she but they put in you know grandma laura's whatever and they tried to confront her and she basically disappeared well that's not an isolated incident there are other people that she lived with that the same kind of thing happened like she was preparing meals and that the person was getting sicker and sicker and then when Dee, Dee was gone that person made a miraculous recovery so and that's how a lot of those 
you know, female serial killers do it. Not mm-hmm. to say that she's a serial killer at all, but just right, right. that that's, mm-hmm. a, you know, they, women a lot of times do it in more subtle ways. They yes. don't want the big, you know, orchestrated mm-hmm. like violent thing. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, you might not even mm-hmm. know if you don't look closely enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, it ta- and it speaks to the thing of like with Dee Dee, I truly believe like with the evidence we have and we have all the crime scene photos, we have lots of stuff that really lends to explain to us where this story was really going to end and it was going to end quickly. And I don't think that there was a lot left in life for Gypsy if she had not taken her mom's life or gotten away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was the same kind of thing because it was coming to an end. Yeah. Like what more could she do? Well, you know, that's she usually how Munchausen by proxy does end with the yes. person's death. Yes. Death. Yes. Um, and that's and and you know, and that's that's a concern. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to get, you know, more people talking about this, more people recognizing it, um, because that is how it ends. Is usually it's the yeah. death of the other person. This time that person won, you know. Yeah. But I truly believe in twenty fifteen there was going to be a murder one way or the other. Yeah. And do you think that maybe if Gypsy hadn't involved Nick, that she would have gotten like maybe self-defense or some other kind of lighter? Yeah, I do. But I don't think Gypsy would have ever done that. That's the thing. Like I, and somebody asked like the weirdest question the other day, like pertaining to this. And it was really weird to me. It was like, well, if Dee never abused Gypsy, would Gypsy have killed her mom? I'm like, what? What? Like, why is that even a question? Like, no, that's why she killed her mom. Like, are you kidding me? Like, escape. It wasn't like a relief <sighs> for her. It wasn't like a fun thing. Right, right. Like, seriously, I was like, that has got to be the weirdest question I've ever heard. But yeah, I definitely think it was coming down to kill or be killed situation. And for Gypsy, like, like Dr. Phil touches on this in his podcast again of this thing called learned helplessness. And learned helplessness is this this disorder it's a real disorder and basically what it, it it amounts to is that a person can only not have solutions for so long that even when a when now a solution presents itself they don't believe that it is a solution and for gypsy i think that is extremely extremely relevant with the case that we saw oh, yeah. you know like this is learned helplessness like people are like well she could have just got up and walked away well she did. Nobody did anything. Twice. And she stood up in a doctor's office. And da 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 da, da And blah, blah, blah. Like, it's over and over and over again. CPS got called. Da, da, da. On and on and on. Her parents, you know, her, her, her family did see her walking and doing things. Like, the Petries saw her jumping and doing stuff, like, when she was little and nobody did anything. And, like, on and on. So, it's like... That can only happen for so long before you could walk in with a flaming white flag and be like, I am your savior. I am the way. And you'd be like, nah, (laughs) don't believe it. Not Not going to happen. You know, and for Gypsy, there was no finality. Like, you know, I talk about my mother was, you know, abusive. Tori's mom was abusive, like things like that. And we talk about the fact that for us, there was a date that was ending that like we knew because we'd gone to school and we'd been with people and we knew how old we are and we'd been to school we knew that at 18 I could walk the hell out my mom's door and I did like the day after my graduation my mom threw me this amazing amazing graduation party after graduation I loved it we had a great time and my mom is an amazing person she just had a lot of medical issues that made and a lot of medications that were on that she was on that made her you know abusive when I was younger and wonderful grandma 
grandmother though. Like she totally as and later in life different, you know, and I always told my kids that woman is not the same woman. That woman is trying to get into heaven. Like, but I love my mom dearly, dearly loved my mom. And even as a kid, and we were same situation, only child, no father. My family was kind of there, kind of not there, but I knew that I could leave. And so my mom threw this amazing graduation party. And the very next morning I got up at 7am. My friend drove two hours down from San Diego to pick me up and I was gone. And my mom woke up and she was like, where are you going? And I said, I'm out of here, mom. I can't live with you anymore. I love you very, very much. I can't do this. And I, you know, chose to not go back to my mom's house. And I went and actually lived on a enclosed patio in San Diego and paid way too much rent for that just so I didn't have to stay at my mom's house. Gypsy never had that because there was no finality of a countdown. She never got to turn 18 in public. She never knew that she could walk away at some point. Like there wasn't those things for her. So like I said, again, in 2015, I think there was going to be a murder one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I think I'll close out with you guys. So thank you so much for having us on tonight. We so appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you. We're so excited to help tell more of this story. And like you said, debunk certain things and, and it's, it's been really interesting and I feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. Yeah. Very nice talking to you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you so much again for joining us for part two. I know I at least cannot wait for By Proxy to come out. And we will, of course, keep you posted whenever any more news drops. Thank you again so much for Fancy and Don joining us. This was a really interesting episode, well, series, because I just – I think this case is so fascinating. It's just so crazy. And it's still unfolding. So to stay in the know for what we're doing, you know where to go. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them. They're all High Crime Pod. Our beautiful new website is highcrimepod.com. And if you want to, you know, send us a little note. Tell us a murder case you really want us to talk about or some kind of weed product you're really enjoying. Or if you have a question about anything, feel free to reach out at info at highcrimepod.com. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It really does help it. So then we can you know, keep making cool stuff for you guys. I have a lot of really cool ideas. We all do and we're really excited. So show us some love and we'll return the favor. Later, Later, bye. bye.